I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding this? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one warmer. in the world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. The Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alienos Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And I'm Mr. Movies, Ben. You can't get rid of me yet. <laughs> we wouldn't want to, Ben, because we have we have crested in to what I think we can officially deem the weird shit mm. in Evangelion. Mm-hmm. This is the good shit. And this Ben's been asking ben for it. Be. Exactly. He's been asking for it. Once again, we have to keep reminding him that his his definition of weird has changed a lot since he started the show. But now we're at the point where I think even all that withstanding, it's fucking weird. And yeah. this is what people talk about when they talk about Evangelion mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is the weird that like catches me off guard. Like, like sometimes when I'm watching something weird, it's like, okay, I can kind of feel this weird thing coming, but it's the stuff that comes out of left field that I really love and respect. And I feel like that's where we're starting to get in this, in this section of the show. For sure. Yeah. This marked the beginning of an era, which I will tell you all this about uh, in behind the scenes information. This is the desperation stage of making this, this show, which is when the money's running out and the time is running out and they don't have the resources they need to properly do the show they wanted to. And so things got to get, had to get compressed because this is not the most, shall we say, well-managed organization in the world. And Anno was still writing the show as they begin to make the show. So the ending had not yet been fully nailed down. So at a certain point, they realized they don't have a time. Because a thousand things happen in this episode. It goes so fast. Yeah. With stuff. Shinji's pissed at the beginning. He's still mad about what happened to Toji in the last yeah. episode. And Gendo just says... I don't have time for childish tantrums. Mm. And the thing he's throwing a tantrum about is the fact that Gendo risked the life of one of his friends um, and took control away from uh, Shinji in that final moment of the last episode. That's what he's mad about. Mm. Uh But that's a childish tantrum for Gendo. Yeah, and it's so funny when you see uh, Katsuragi and Ritsuko show up again, that they just have like generic bandages on. Yep. Like, little, they survived an, an, an N2 mine went off about 30 feet from their faces, and they're like, oh, yeah, broke this arm. Yeah, a little scuff. That, that happens a couple of times in this batch of episodes. One notably where explosions happen dangerously close to someone, and they just kind of put their arms up, and they just happen to be in just a, enough radius where they're fine. I'm yeah. like, huh, weird. <laughs> mm, I want to try that. I want to see if that works. Don't do this. You okay. should have been on set of Oppenheimer. Could have tried it there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Nolan, set it off. How are you call him by his last the actual name? Actual A bomb. Yeah. yeah. Well, like we're, on la- <laughs> we're on last name basis. Yes. 
nuts. They they built an actual A bomb for uh for fucking Oppenheimer to get the true authentic experience. They did. That's the thing. Yeah. And then uh, it's really funny is like I, I watched this video a long time ago about explosions in movies and TV shows. And I, hey, listen, if you're ever thrown by an explosion in real life, you're dead. You don't you don't get picked up with your feet by an explosion and live through that. Like you're, you're yeah. talking severe tissue damage at the very least. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> you're you're hospitalized minimum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. You know. It's like it's kind of like the, the classic trophy getting knocked on the head, being knocked unconscious. Doctors are like, "No, yeah. no, that's yeah. terrible." And the, Mr. D yeah. on the A team would be a vegetable by the end of that show. <laughs> four episodes in, it turns out four concussions is all it takes to turn you into a vegetable for life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, right now, Stevo, he's on this like uh, he does like live shows. He tours now. Yeah. And sometimes to start the show, he'll bring a guy out to literally choke him out to start the show. And every time I see clips of that, I'm like, no, Stevo, no. Yeah, don't but then again, like this. if he if he has survived all the other shit he's done in his life, I think maybe he'll be okay. We see the destroyed uh, Ava from the last episode in a really cool shot. Um, yeah. Behind Ritsuko and Katsuragi. We also see someone uh, uh, say, I can't remember who the fuck says it. I think they said it to Ray. It was Asuka. She says, dreams. You know what those are, right? And Ray is kind of like, Ray's oh. like, yes, of course I do. I'm a person. So I know these things as a person. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's before or after this, but there's there's a scene where the class rep uh, visits Toji in the hospital and she says verbatim, I'm just here for official class rep business. And I'm like, <laughs> like this is the weakest like flirting charade in the world. Like, can these two just it's I know I understand it's a different culture, but I'm like, can these two just say something to each other? Because it's very mm. funny that I imagine that Japanese class reps have like in their little class rep contract is you must visit everyone in the hospital if, if they get into a an Ava accident. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, here on official business. Especially in this, especially in this time when all the angel attacks are happening. So she's probably she probably has her regular rounds that she's making at this point. Yeah, I'm like eighty percent sure this is a real thing. That the class rep would go do this in Japan. Really? Time. I'm I'm pretty goddamn sure the class rep is a serious position to have as a child. That's amazing. You I saw Toji imagine. using the incinerator last episode, okay? <laughs> yes. He ain't class rep, he's just some guy. That's, that is true. Maybe Japanese school children just have more, I don't know, not autonomy, but just privilege. Like, privilege responsibility. Weird shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Than we do. My school didn't even have an incinerator. You know? <laughs> kind of like shit ass little school. Yeah. <laughs> I think we ran off electricity instead of steam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't have to go out in the back and shovel coal into it every yeah. two hours to keep the lights on. We sure as fuck didn't clean the goddamn classrooms. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine trying to get high school kids from where we live to fucking clean the, the classroom? <laughs> um... They eventually see Toji on the train, the same the same train Shinji's had his little moments on before, watching Shinji and Ray have a conversation. Um, when the class rep shows up, he, he calls her class rep. Yes. Doesn't even say her name. They just always call her class rep. Maybe that's part of the contract, too. All students must, respond, must call you class rep. 
You you lose your identity for this year. And they we see Shinji get getting taken to see Gendo with three pairs of handcuffs on him. Yeah. And there's like there's no it's a handcuff with like no chain. It's just like two mm-hmm. circles interlocked. So it's like your wrists stay really, really close to each other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. once again, this is on Shinji Ikari. <laughs> to be fair, at the beginning of the episode, he did threaten to destroy the rest of Nerve because because of how angry he was. So I understand precautions may need to be taken, but I think once he's out of the Ava, I don't think he's that big much of a risk. Yeah. And this is where he becomes, you know, Shinji becomes a little bit of a bit assertive and is like, mm-hmm. guess what, Gendo? I'm never going to pilot an Ava again. And I swear that you'll never see me in an Ava again. I promise there will never, ever come a day when I think an Ava is the right thing for me. Always sunny title card. Yes. <laughs> My favorite part is this takes place once again in Gendo's insane fucking office. This office. Mm. Every time I pull out a new detail, but there's not that many, but the crazy is like, once again, big, circular, dark, the random glyphs all over the ground. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is my thing. This is my thing. On the plans, we designed this room. This is a blueprint <laughs> stage. Did he? Was that on there? And who signed off on it? And who designed it? Also, yeah. And just a lot of questions, man. I don't understand who was like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll make you a sick fucking floor, floor design with like weird sacred geometry. That sounds cool to me. <laughs> You're the guy with the money. We'll do whatever you want. Except he's not. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah, true. So we're like, Ray is going to be in unit one with a dummy plug as the backup. I did like how someone finally called Shinji and he just didn't answer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was Aida. And the call is terminated because you listen to his phone calls, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very funny. Um, so I guess I have a question for you guys. Because the joke that we made earlier about the, the always sunny thing is that obviously Shinji gets back into the Ava a little bit later on in this episode. What do you guys think Shinji thought was going to happen if he didn't pilot an Ava anymore? Because as soon as he sees another one more angel show up, he's like, he's basically just like, wait, there's still angels. I got to fight these guys. <laughs> I'm like, what did he think was going to happen to the angels? They're still going to come. You're misremembering. He saw that angel and he said, well, that's Oscar's problem. That's Ray's problem. And he walked his ass to that shelter and sat down. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But, okay, two minutes later. Right. Again, this was meant to be more than one episode. This arc was going to take more time. Ah, this, that clearly. makes more sense. Because he and turns heel really funny. quickly. Or turn tail. Yeah. The mm-hmm. missile budget for nerves out of control. Guys, we know they know. don't work. Why are you doing this? <laughs> who is the guy who's signing off on this? Tell, show me the accountant. Show me the chief financial officer for Nerve. I'll meet this guy. Um, Asuka's down there. She's got a whole bunch of weapons. Ray does yeah. not work out in Unit 1. That's really funny. It's like, nope, not happening, bitch. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the big gun failed, guys. How about that? Big, big gun failed. Mm. And it's, it's crazy because I feel like one of the great things about the show is that every angel has either a very simple or very complicated thing going on. And this one's is, it's just got two flat blades that can just kind of do whatever in mm-hmm. any shape. And 
as soon as it fights Asuka, cuts her arms off. She mm-hmm. gets uh, disarmed. She she does quite Boom. literally and figuratively at the same time get disarmed because yeah. he's just first thing he just whoop, that was easy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fun thing about this angel is there's this. Uh, I'm sure you all have heard of Johnny Monomic. The yes. There's a movie and there was a, there was a book, before, a short story before that. And in that short story, there's a guy, a little Japanese man who uh, he can pull his thumb off and attaching the thumb to his body is a mono wire, a, a wire one molecule thick. And he kills people by slicing through them with this mono wire, right? It just you just goes right through you, right? It's one molecule thick. That's what this is. This is the mono ribbons this thing uses. It's, it's wide, mm. but one molecule thick. And so it just like mm-hmm. slices through anything. Wow. Mm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yet, Asuka, when, when she gets disarmed, she calls the, the, the angel swine. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she, she has such an interesting vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, during this, there's a really... The scene I was referencing a little bit earlier when Shinji and Kaji are just watching the attack. Because Kaji... First of all, Kaji is just chilling, gardening now. Calls being a spy his side job. So he's just like, I'm just doing... You know, I've got kicked out of my side job so just doing this now and mm. they're just watching and it's once again one of those great composition moments where you see this basically a peaceful serene gardening conversation between shinji and kaji and above them is this insane angel attack and they're just kind of it's kind of another tuesday for them for a little bit <laughs> and they're just like yeah watermelons are in season <laughs> And don't forget before this, Shinji's in the shelter and unit uh, two gets its fucking head cut off by this thing and it mm-hmm. smashes through the wall and Shinji comes face to face, literally, with the dereliction that he's that he's done. He yep. meets mm-hmm. Kaji. They say that unit two is too damaged to fight. No shit! Yeah. It's yeah. lost both <laughs> arms in its head! Yeah. <laughs> Generally, that's when you're out of the fight. Right. Well, I- I don't know if the black if the Black Knight from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail has shown us anything. Like uh, as long as you have legs, you got a chance. Yeah, but he still had his head. That's you know? true. True. <laughs> he was lucky in that case. You're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> and we also get finally the reveal of what the angel's goal is, which is to get down there and touch Adam, and yep. that will third impact the whole goddamn world. Mm-hmm. They finally tell us what it is. Yeah. Um, Ray shows up. And it goes for the sacrifice play by trying to shove an N2 mine into this thing's face through its AT field. Yep. Blows it up. Doesn't work, Blows obviously. It up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And before oh. she dies, she says, if this doesn't work, basically, it doesn't matter. I'll just be replaced. Mm. Yeah. So question, Ben, do you yet know what AT field stands for? We talked about this. Audio technology. Uh, <laughs> I it don't says know. It, it says it in the opening credits of the show. It flashes it very quickly across the screen. Oh, I right. skip the intro sometimes. What? Man. Sometimes. Get like every couple, every couple of episodes. I, I watch it for the most part, but every couple of episodes, I'm like, okay, all right. Kick him out. We're done. Uh, AT field, I'll just say, because we're not going to say it, I guess, uh, is absolute terror field. So just keep that in mind. Yes. Okay. Which is just one of the hardest names you can possibly name something. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, we 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 see that uh, the the she tries to sacrifice herself and blow up the AT field or blow up the N two mine doesn't work. 
the angel gets into central dogma. And this is one of the coolest shots in the show where the angel is coming down, looking at Misato and, and Ritsuko, and just through the fucking wall, Shinji clocks it right <laughs> in the fucking face. Amazing scene. Straight out of, you know, kaiju stuff, which mm-hmm. you know, just, just goes back to Anno's roots, I guess. Um, incredible. And then from there on, when he starts pushing the angel back, that whole, that that's just creme, creme yeah. la creme. Yeah. And then also before that, like Shinji being able to get back in the nerve because earlier Katsuragi said that uh, she wasn't going to she wasn't going to destroy any of any of his like uh, credentials or anything. So he was able to just get back in and he's pretty much demanding to his father, to his face that I am here because I am Shinji Ikari, the pilot of Evangelion Unit 1. Yeah. No explanations. Like I changed my mind. Just like I'm the pilot. I'm I'm hopping in. Yeah. Yeah. Also, other part where uh, Unit One's arm gets cut off, or like below the wrist, or below the, the elbow, and Gendo gets half covered in blood. Doesn't even blink. No. Yeah. Happens. No. Nothing. Sc- scary. <laughs> and then right as Shinji's about to fucking triumph, out of power. <laughs> Ugh. He forgot to plug it in. Yep. <laughs> Mistake um, number one. The mono ribbon comes out, starts to cut open uh, uh, at Shut the core of unit yeah, one. Yeah, and covering his face like like a, like a suffocation mask or something. Yeah. Crazy. Throws him into the geo front, just starts pounding away at him. And then uh, Shinji calls out for help. And unit one goes uh, goes beast mode once yeah. more. Also, tears off one of the mono ribbons, puts it against its severed arm, regenerates a human looking arm, which yeah. is highly disturbing. Yeah, oh, yeah. weird imagery. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is it's one of those times in the show where because this show doesn't really have those same like hyped up moments you get from like a Dragon Ball Z. But this is the one time where like Shinji truly gets to do the equivalent of going Super Saiyan. Where he's mm-hmm. just like everything's against me. I literally can't. I can't do anything else. I just gotta scream as much as I can, and something's gonna happen. And then, Evil One just comes back online for him. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he's at four hundred percent sync rate, yeah. which seems impossible. And yeah. also, it starts the 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 Ava starts roaring. It starts making like actual like if you know it doesn't. It's not very impressive, but like, kind of like a Godzilla roar of just going ah. Yes. Weird. Yeah, and what's unique about it is unlike earlier, like in unlike in the second episode when it first goes berserk, it sounds more animalistic. Now it sounds more humanistic. Like it sounds yeah. more like like a feminine type scream now. And uh, yeah, that that's even more disturbing for me. Just hearing like yeah. human human noises coming out of this giant mech skin looking thing. Yeah. You know. It's terrifying. And then it starts like it starts like moving around unnaturally. It starts crawling <laughs> like on all fours. Yeah. And it's looking around. And when it looks around, it just has like the blank look in the eye, just like the blank white eyes. It's 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 frightening. Yeah, because this this whole scene is kind of like a, a triple punch of like, OK, this thing is t- talking now. It's mm-hmm. eating an angel 
And also, it's broken out of its restraints, which we put there to make it less powerful, just so you know. So, it, mm-hmm. And now it's broken, broken out of those, so it's at its peak power. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the most crazy things in the show, is those were its restraints. They yeah. were holding it back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, fuck. There's more going on here than I ever thought mm-hmm. was happening. Uh, it eats the angel, as Seth mentioned, just devours it. The, and people are fucking heaving their lunches up at this shit because it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, people imagine. are lo- appropriately losing their goddamn minds watching this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Gendo's line where he, he says, everything is beginning now. Yeah. Mm. So good. If I'm, standing so next, good. if I'm standing next to Gendo, I'm like, Gendo, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> you saw all this coming? This is... Fuck, dude. <laughs> I think I want to quit. Yeah, I should have just worked <laughs> at my dad's restaurant. I went and did this nerve shit. Now look where I am. I'm going to go back to w- waiting tables. Screw yeah, this. fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't deserve... I don't need this. Yeah. By the way, this episode's name in Netflix is A Man's Battle. Originally was Introjection, mm. which is a real word. You don't know what it means? No. Introjection means the unconscious adoption of the ideas or attitudes of others. Mm. Okay. Mm. Really fucking actually an on point ass title for this episode. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Holy oh, shit. I changed it. Yeah. Um so yeah, great great episode. So much happens. There's so much plot in this one. Yeah. Yeah. These are three plotty episodes. Mm-hmm. And this should have been like three episodes. Like it's it's there's a lot that happens in here of, of shit. Yeah. 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 Um, probably. So next we get episode twenty uh, of the shapes of hearts and humans slash original title much better oral stage all overcase. Mm-hmm. Which is a good name. <laughs> um, yes. And it probably has um, some of the the best imagery. In the whole show, because this is this episode is very, very budget friendly for a lot of its run, especially mm-hmm. since we anytime we have the the council talking, it is a still image. There is not even like some blinking lights or anything. It's a still image. And it starts off with a conversation where the most amazing sentence in the whole show is said where they were like, perhaps trusting Gendo Akari to run nerve was a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> brain geniuses on this group, this panel mm. yeah this episode is told in a very interesting way in that it is, it, the time is broken up between flashbacks to immediately following the battle in the last episode and a month later yes or, or, or over the course of that month as they try to figure out what's going on because Shinji first of all first of all the, the, the Ava has assimilated the S2 drive from yeah. the, the angel. And everybody is losing their fucking minds over this. Mm-hmm. Calling it a, a new god and shit. Which is crazy as fuck to imagine. Um, and so everyone's losing their minds over this. And Shinji has disappeared. Yep. He's just... Mm-hmm. His suit... Fucking limp. <laughs> Nobody in it. It's like those old uh, smoking commercials when we were kids. Where the person would be completely flat on the table. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that's what he was, but it's just just suit. Um, so yeah, everyone's like, you know, where's Shinji? Has he has he finally been consumed? He's, he's like, they say a lot of stuff in here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, he's like at this point, he's kind of like fused 
with the Ava, pretty much, I think. Yeah. He's he's in the primordial juice, or whatever they call it later. <laughs> I'll just say, hold hold on to all this that they're saying about altered LCL, and uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. Mm-hmm. Sele says that the, the, the bell was there, but it did not ring, referring to Kaji, their mole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who's like a triple, quadruple agent at this point for who the fuck yeah. knows he's working for anymore. He's playing both um, sides, so he always comes out on top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ritsuko gets her shit slapped by uh, Katsuragi just again. fucking lays into her. Mm-hmm. It's like the second or third time this has happened. I also love how Shinji has been absorbed into the Ava, and uh, Asuka's big concern is he made her look bad. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I didn't get to save the day! Idiot Shinji. Uh, also, Ray wakes up in a hospital and says, I'm alive uh, still, and sounds so resigned yeah. to her fate. Like, God damn. <laughs> gotta keep doing this shit again. I had a mine in my hand through an absolute terror field, mm-hmm. and I'm still here. <laughs> Fuck! How do I make it end? God, Am I invincible? Shit. <laughs> kind of. Um, there is an interesting conversation about how to get Shinji back. They say the delineation of his ego boundary has dissolved. Great line. Again, this all sounds like techno babble bullshit, but it will be important later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and their idea is they're going to reconstruct Shinji's physical body and show his consciousness back inside of it, which sounds like a really great. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. Mm-hmm. I guess we're just doing all kinds of stuff, huh? Yeah. Oh, Shinji, Shinji, Shinji. And then during all of this, as they're talking about it, like you were talking about earlier, Seth, how some this episode has some of the greatest imagery probably in the entire show. Just the shots of the giant bandaged head with the human teeth and the giant, like I think it was like red or green eyeball, whatever color. Green, yeah, yeah, green, green, green eyeball. It's just like it. The first time I saw it, like it, it gave me the shivers. Yeah. I was like, oh, just having. I love anytime they have the people stationed in front of it. And you really mm-hmm. see the absolute scale of it, that you're not even as big as their fucking like the the ring above their eyelid. Like you're not even as big as that thing. Mm-hmm. Really, really strong images. Um, and the and fact- it, it shows you how these things are so they're so organic, and you don't expect that when you first watch the show. Yeah, they're so human. Like just seeing just a giant human like face just wrapped in bandages. Just it's ugh, it's unnerving. It's unnerving, but it's... There we go. (laughs) Yeah, er earlier Ritzko says that the things Ava's are resemble humans, Mm -hmm. which is a much more true way of saying that, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, Meanwhile, Shinji's having another another crisis inside of the Ava. Yeah. He's seeing his friends. He's seeing his enemies. He's seeing Gendo as an enemy. Gendo listed as an enemy, which, I mean, Mm. that's not Mm -hmm. surprising at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. So a month passes, and they're gonna do they're gonna do this experiment. They say the initial t- attempt at this failed uh, ten years ago. They tried this, it didn't work on somebody else. They don't say who though. Yeah, and I I'm calling them right now. All right, boys, get ready for this. This is a called shot. The brown-haired goon, the female member of the goon squad, who's always there, has a crush on Ritzko. Yeah, I can I can see it. I do see that, but you you really you really like picking out the the secret romance in the show. I see. We we ain't even got there. Yeah, I was saying we got a whole episode about it. 
coming mm-hmm. up. Um, so yeah, Shinji says something about the warmth of others, which is a fucking cool ass line. Is this the warmth of others? Mm. Yeah, he's going. He's going through it, and he's mm-hmm. seeing a lot of stuff. Um, he starts thinking back to um, his mom, and starts to remember some things about how he had, um, you know, encountered the even the Avas in his past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's you know a lot of stuff starts to make more sense about his character and how he had run away. So it almost makes the the beginning of the show when we're like, what is this man's living situation? It kind of some of it starts to pull together in this scene, which is is, is really cool uh, for mm-hmm. the build up. Yeah, Shinji is a child. He wants someone to take care of him. He says that mm-hmm. in this whole sequence. He fantasizes about Katsuragi, Asuka, and Ray. Nippleless. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's completely yes. round mounds. Just for, obvi- uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're all just saying the same thing. And I love how even in this, Asuka still calls him idiot Shinji. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's just so ingra- never change. That's just so ingrained in his subconscious that when he's thinking about her, that's what he still hears. Well, there's a lot of this stuff in this episode about that whole concept from the last batch of there's a version of you in every person you ever meet. And he is seeing those versions of people right now in his own mind yeah. uh, in here. Um, there's a very strong theme here of this is a return to the womb uh, yes. in a lot of ways, um, which is very interesting. Yeah, because and it, it all makes sense because, you know, Shinji obviously has issues from his childhood. He has issues with his father. You know, we don't we, we just now find out stuff about his mom in this batch of episodes. Um, he's very infantilized by most people, and he's now been subsumed by, you know, this this biological this organic being that he is inside of and he's going through all these memories and you know we more stuff happens later but it is all um it's very interesting imagery and it all t- it's funny it's for me the whole thing i love about evangelion is that even though it's about these big robot organic beings versus these big angels most of the show is just about shinji and just how fucked up um, everything inside this man's head is, mm-hmm. and all this is coming out in this one, in this just this couple of like rapid fire scenes we're getting in this twenty minute episode. It's really, really impressive that even though they were running out of budget, they were able to you know fill a lot of this stuff in for us. Mm-hmm. And just this whole episode of him just like basically like trying to put himself back together, like trying to collect all his thoughts and try to form everything back in, pull himself back in, just to kind of find a center again. You kind of realize how. Uh, like unassimilated he is to the regular world and how fucked up his life has been and just how he just at the end of the day he just he, he wants some nurture he wants people to be kind there's this interesting idea that evangelion is gro- is building on the themes of gundam that came before it tomino the creator of gundam used Gundams as a metaphor for the external conflicts around him in the world. You know, the Cold War, geopolitical stuff happening around Japan. And there's this interesting idea that this is, the, the evolution here is we are, instead of taking external ideas and turning them into conflicts, turning them into Gundams and mechas and whatever to fight, this is internal conflicts and problems that are being made into an external force through these Evangelions. And in fact, the whole show itself, down to the crazy deep lore of the PS2 instruction manual, <laughs> all come back to a central 
internal conflict that that uh, Anno had, and we'll talk about this when we get there at some point. But it's a very cool idea of taking the, the mecha show and turn and revolutionizing it. Yeah, you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, Katsuraki has a very interesting line because the f- experiment basically fails again. Um, Ritsuko is like, "Oh, we gotta we gotta pull out. This is fucked up. We gotta go." And um, Katsuragi is obviously very angry because she wants Shinji to be okay. And she says, what's the point of science if it can't save one person? And it's like, it's it's a line because it, it's a little funny because like, obviously that's not really how science works. You know, science exists no matter what. Um, but it's also something that we've probably all kind of thought to ourselves before. You know, when mm-hmm. you hear about yep. a loved one or anyone in the world, like, you know, dying of certain diseases or, you know, Anything like that, like just things that you're like, oh, why haven't we figured this stuff out by now? Which in Katsuragi's case, it's something that <laughs> there's probably two people in the entire world who know how to even attempt to solve. But still, it was it was I don't know, there was something about that line that really got to me where I was like, it's it's an insane thing to say, but it's just one of those things humans say sometimes because we, we you know, we're not we're not rational about everything. And I, I really liked that in that moment, um, that's how much she missed uh Shinji and wanted him to be safe, was that she's like, science is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> we see a lot of interesting stuff here. We see Shinji breastfeeding mm-hmm. uh, as a baby. We see visions of Yui and some memories of Gendo. We get a line that is: "As long as there is a will to survive, you can turn any place into paradise." Which take that and crystallize that for later, because it will be important. Yeah, uh, at a certain point. You also learn that when Yui was pregnant. The decision was between the name Shinji or Ray. Shinji for a boy or Ray for a girl. Mm. 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 That probably doesn't mean anything. Yep. Go yep. ahead and keep that one out of your brain. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, that's the one thing that doesn't matter <laughs> in this show. Interestingly enough, we see Shinji then get born again, basically. Mm-hmm. And this out is, of the S2 drive. And this is what I consider to be the most, maybe the strongest image of the show, in my opinion. One of One of maybe to my top five. Because it all comes back to, you know, the whole idea of rebirthing and of them being in the womb and all that. And it just and it just says it out loud. It doesn't try yeah. it doesn't try to use metaphor. It's like, no, he is literally being birthed from this thing right now. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, questions about it. I thought it was one of the coolest images ever. Um mm-hmm. and so I was I was I was just blown away when I first saw it and I still get like chills when I see it these days. Mm-hmm. And this might be nothing, but I did find it interesting that we talk about Ray right before this. And Ray, you know, has red eyes. No one else does. Yep. The S2 drive, the core of an angel is red. And we see Shinji come out of this thing, or we see the you know the implications he came out of there. Yep. Very interesting stuff there, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we get one of the hardest lines on the goddamn show, which is, in the end, humans are just creatures that end up using the power of gods as weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Which I think references, of course, Adam Bomb. Yeah. You see Oppenheimer. I say, speaking of Oppenheimer. <laughs> see Barbie instead. And then yeah, see Barbie first. On streaming. Yeah. You guys ever think about dying? <laughs> <laughs> that could be in this show. Yeah. That could, Shinji could say that line. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Katsuragi, back on the, back on, back, back and hitting it. On the nightly, now that Shinji's back safe and sound, she can go back to Kaji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And weird scene with with Katsuragi and Kaji here. Um, well, hold on. Before that, oh, okay. we do hear Ritsuko say that she says her secret lover, am I one to talk? Yes. 
Continue. And so they're, you know, they're, they've been through it. Once again, we don't see anything. One, because, you know, not really show sex that much. And two, budget. So we just see the nightstand. Um, but then, I don't know about you guys, but when he, when, when the wording Katsuragi uses is, what are you like trying to shove into me? I think is how mm-hmm. she says it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, so normally I'm saying normally he'd probably be his penis, but it's obviously not that because she knows what that is. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm over here thinking he's trying to put it, you know, inside of her, you know, in her ass, v- her ass vagina, something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't know what this thing is. So I'm like, what mm-hmm. the heck is Kaji up to? But it ends up just being a, like a pill, like a capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's just like, hey, this is the first gift I've ever given you and probably going to be the last. Mm. To be continued. We find out some stuff that Katsuragi only smokes after sex. Yep. They mention again the human instrumentality project, which is important. Remember that. Um, recently, by the way, there was a thing on Twitter where someone had posted this shot from the show of the of the the, the mantelpiece with the drink and the, the cigarettes. And they was just like they said, um, just like Anna being like, "I assure you, this thirty second still shot of Misato getting her cheek split by Kaji is absolutely <laughs> vital to the plot." <laughs> Believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not wrong. No. No? Not, not at wrong all. at all. And just so we're clear, we should go back for a second. The episode's yeah. title, Oral Stage, if no one is familiar, is references to a stage of human development as a baby where you begin to fixate on things orally because you want to drink milk. Mm-hmm. And so everything happens through the mouth as if you were a shark. Yeah. Um, so oral stage is very early development in human life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the most unusually told episodes of the show, I think. The structure is really interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's 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 cool because it also it's kind of it puts you on the same wavelength as the show when you when they're, they tell all this because it's easy to you know kind of take a, take events one by one and be like whatever. But no, when they're when they're shooting back and forth, getting into Shinji's mind doing this, doing that. You're just like, you're as frantic as the episode is. And I really like the the pacing of how that, because this episode, honestly, watching it felt like it was like five minutes long. Yeah. I was, I was watching, I was like, when the other episodes, you know, they feel their length. This one, I could, I did not know that it was about to be over when it was. I was like, my God, that flew by. Mm-hmm. Then we get episode 21. The uh, title is The Birth of Nerve, or he was aware that he was still a child. Which, for, I think this is one of the times both, both names are good. Yeah. I think the Japanese one is still better, just because mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's a weird thing to name an episode. Yeah, but the, yeah, the new one is more like straight to the point. It's yeah. like you see that, it's like you know what we're going to get. All right, flashbacks, baby, let's go. So question, is this the first time we see a pre-opening scene? I believe yes. so. I'm yes. absolutely sure. Because when it starts up, there's no, there's no song. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yep. And I also, usually press next episode and I'm already boogieing. And yeah. then it wasn't there. And also this episode is like longer than all the other ones have been. The regular yeah. length for these have been like, but uh, if you take out the opening, like 21, 22 minutes, this one was damn near 30. Yeah. Yeah. At this point. So we see a flashback to the Antarctic in 2000 and they're talking about limitations of scientists viewpoints and how, they're supposed to explore the universe, discover more, but they get dogmatic about things. It's hard to break out of that. Mm. And then we see them waking up Adam, or we hear them waking up Adam yep. in the background. And the disastrous results of that that occur. Yep. 
we get audio visual confirmation of uh, second impact, which is crazy. It's it's a really interesting way to to open the show, and it um, yep. because once again, first cold open really took, and I think that was that has to be intentional, you know, to really throw people off since they're so used to seeing it one way. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was interesting. It reminds me a lot of um, one thing going back to like kaiju movies. It reminds me of you know how. For a while, we were doing a bunch of found footage stuff in that in that um, space. So just seeing this static security footage um, with this conversation going over just kind of reminded me of all the like Cloverfield and all those days. Um, we, we were doing that a lot. So it's just cool. Um, and I'm sure that those movies probably reference this in a lot of ways. So it was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. We see Katsuragi getting detained now that Kaji's truly has been... This, this, by the way, this all happens in, through implication. We just hear about Kaji, and we realize they have now decided it's time to act on Kaji's whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's not Nerve, it's Sele. Like, Sele has burned Kaji to, be, to, to like, punish him for not alerting them before about what happened. Yeah. Um... And so we see we see Kazuki getting detained, and then Sele questions of all people Fuyutsuki, who has been sort of a tertiary character up to this point. But in this episode, Fuyutsuki comes to the fore. Yeah, we, of the show. we find out that he has been very important the yeah. whole time. Um, As a professor, and I love how the show pull mess with you here a little bit. They do. They're like, like hey, there's this person whose name is Akari who wrote this paper. Uh-huh. It's pretty interesting. But then it's Yui Akari, and you realize that Akari is her her name whoa she is. what <laughs> did you guys notify the way on Fuyutsuki's door the placard what his specialty is mm-hmm. no metaphysical biology mm. of course yeah makes sense <laughs> yes yeah i used to i used to have a roommate who was a major in metaphysical uh, <laughs> biology or whatever oh yeah i remember that guy he was weird yeah strange guy it's very strange yeah it's like some shit you learn at BYU or whatever. Um, <laughs> plus two. Yeah. But yeah, Fuyutsuki's over there talking to Yui, and she has a paper that's very innovative, and he's like, hey, so you can go into corporation work, or you can do public stuff with academia. Like, what are you going to do? And she's like, hey, there's a third path. I could get married and have a kid. Yeah. He's like, I could just, you know, do the, the housewife path. And obviously, he's not really a fan of that answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We go back to the, pa- the, the present. We see... Sele talking about how Unit 1 is a god now, and that worries them, and it, it messes up their plan. We hear a lot about the plan. There's lots of stuff about the plan. So much plan stuff. Show. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, Ben, what do you think the plan is? Mm. Do you have any idea what Sele's plan is? Um, If I if I had to guess, I, I definitely feel like... Hmm. If I had to guess, I think they would kind of want to do... They basically the third impact, I think, is what they're trying to. I think they're they may be trying to do something like that because it seems like every time something catastrophic happens, it goes back to them and they're like, Oh, this is all go- going according to plan, or if not the third impact, like some kind of like huge takeover, you know, just kind of using the Ava's the turn on, you know, the the turn on humanity basically and just kind of use them to kind of. Uh, enforce their own uh, rule. Do you know? Basically, I want to say like probably not like basic rule the world stuff because I don't think Anna would do that. But yeah, if I had to guess, probably something like that. Okay. And so we we know by the way, Gendo has his own plan atop of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet Gendo for the first time in the past, and his name is yeah. Gendo Rokubungi. Mm. 
So actually, here's a question for you, Ben. Yeah. When the, when the show did that turn, when it was like, oh, it's actually Yui Ikari he's talking to. How did you feel about that when that first happened? Uh, I thought it was really interesting because, you know, I always assumed Shinji's mom probably played a bigger role in all this than we initially thought. So to see that she was actually more involved with the development of the Avas than we initially thought, it kind of made it kind of made sense. Uh like she's just somebody that's always uh, always kind of alluded to and I'm like they wouldn't keep alluding to her if she wasn't if she wasn't that important, you know? Right. So, I thought I thought it I thought it was really interesting and nice to see that the whole family pretty much kind of this is kind of like almost like a family business in a way. Yeah. Like both both member both parties had a big role in putting all this together. So here's the other thing. When, when she says her name is, is Yui Akari and she's not married yet, did you wonder how Shinji and Gendo have the last name Akari? Well, I mean, I just assumed that before, like when I first heard that, I was like, oh, I guess he took her last name. Mm. And, the, and, then I, and then I'm proven right later. So I didn't really think much about that. It's like, oh, Gendo, just the kind of guy who's like, oh, I'll, I'll take her last name. I'll go against the norm. He seems like that kind of guy who doesn't want to you know, play by normal boundaries. He wants to push things. So, and I assume, like, especially in Japanese culture, I would assume, like, or, or in any culture, really, taking the uh, a female's last name in a marriage is, is not typical. So Yeah, not typical at all. Yeah, yeah, he just seems like the kind of guy who kind of wants to push boundaries a little bit. So, it didn't really surprise me. I didn't really think too much about that. I've only ever seen in, in, in my life one person take their, their wife's last name when they got married. It's just been well, you just one of those things you'll think about. You know, you're like, either you don't take their last name, you do a hyphenated thing, or the the woman takes a man's name in a, in a straight marriage or whatever. Yeah. So highly weird to see that happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason he does this as well, but but yeah. Yeah. Roku Bungie doesn't quite roll the tongue no, as well, no, does it? No, not really. I mean, I would imagine like if you get in a relationship with somebody and their last name is just generally cooler than yours, you know, mm. that would that would probably play a big <laughs> big role in the decision. Cause like I like my la- I like my last name, but like if mm-hmm. I were to meet somebody else and I like theirs a little better, I would I, I would start thinking about it a little bit. Whose name was like Blackthorn? You'd be like, <laughs> all right, sign me up. Hell yeah, Ben. Let's do this, Ben Blackthorn. That that nice. Uh, that sounds great. I'll, I'll put <laughs> it'll be on my driver's license. I'll give it to like cops when I get pulled over. It's like no way, no fucking way. It's like yes way. <laughs> then I'll. <laughs> So over here, Ben Ben Jetburn is here. <laughs> Agent Ben Jetborn Jetburn. Yeah, the guy I saw who did it, his last name was Fink, and his wife's name was Ramsey. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. Ramsey's probably cooler than Fink. Oh yeah, I- I'm down. For Absolutely. That. Seth has returned to the podcast. Everybody, mm-hmm. yes. We've been carrying on without you in the meantime, talking about Gendo's progressive choice to take his wife's last name in their marriage. Yeah. Don't you love how he was like a little ruffian at first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a little, little, little bad boy, you know? Yeah. He still looked old, <laughs> even without the beard. <laughs> yeah. It is great that a college student is supposed to have that voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just has the voice of a, you know, an adult, a fucking, you know, grizzled man who's seen some shit. <laughs> who's been through a lot. Yeah. I also love, like, throughout the episode, you see the slow evolution of the Gendo pose. Cause like he yep. doesn't get it, he doesn't have yes. a qu- he doesn't have it quite down from the beginning. Like he eventually settles on you know like 
the two pinkies hanging off, but like you see him like hand over hand, like like hand and fist, you know, just like uh, fingers interlined. Like eventually he settles on that, but you get like a little, you get like the little evolution throughout. I knew this was going to come up, so I wrote it down. I loved it. There's this, this scene where he clearly like he's doing it, but you can still see his mouth. Yeah, and you can see later he's like, wait, no, 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 I got to cover that up. I got to make this a little more, yeah, a little, little more discreet. I thought that was so funny and it's like it's like anno or whoever made that decision knew the people like us were sitting there like how does because it, it harkens back to the thing of like you know you watch a lot of these prequel movies that come out these days and it's like oh we gotta explain how he got his dice and how he got his name and how he got that sword and it's so lame mm-hmm. but when you explain how he got his subtly explain how he got his pose that works yeah. that that's that yeah. is money right there mm-hmm well, there's no Mama Orgendo. It's just like <sighs> hands. <laughs> Ricky, he Ricky hands Bobby's like, his oh. hands. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm achieving it. It's happening. <laughs> it's like he's tried stuff. Yeah. And he was like, we're getting, maybe this, no. Yeah. And just over the course of like literally years, we see flashbacks too. Yeah. yeah. He figures it out. Mm-hmm. Also, I love his, his, the way his, the way Gendo's face looks without glasses is so bizarre mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yes. He reminds me of those little of those little kids from Akira. You know the yeah. the the advanced age of little kids. Yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Gendo Rokubungi doesn't quite roll off the tongue quite as fast as Gendo Kawabunga. <laughs> At one point, Yui says Gendo is cute, which. I mean, in what universe? <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but yuck. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> I, I think she means. I think she means he can act cute. That's even more weird, though. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Gendo saying something nice? I, I want to see one scene of him like behind closed doors with Yui. Like, what is that relationship like? Yeah. Is she to Stockholm syndrome somehow, or is he actually like a passable nice person when it's just them? Yeah, like I want to see a romantic Gendo. I want to see what that looks like. And you can in an alternate universe uh, manga of of this show where Yui is alive and Gendo is her husband, and they go they go and she goes to school, and they have to deal with wacky hijinks as Nerve tries to or Sele tries to kill Nerve. Is this real? There's no there's no robots. Yeah, this is real. This is an actual alternate universe manga that ran for like seven years. It has a full ass arc for the whole show. The fuck? What? Yeah, it's official <laughs> product. It's not a joke. That sounded completely yeah. made up as you said it. That's very funny. Uh, Misato is their homeroom teacher, and Ritsuko is the school nurse. Wait, Misato's the teacher? <laughs> yes. Is she the same personality? Yes, pretty much. This sounds like if they made, like, kind of like a baby, like, Neon Genesis Evangelion show, like a baby Looney Tunes, or like a, a pub named Scooby-Doo, where they just take all these characters and just put them into new contexts and everything. That sounds yep. like something that they would do. It's called the Raising Shinji Ikari Project, I think it's called. It's, this, okay. sounds kind of, this sounds kind of cute, actually. I want to look in Wait those. a minute. Wait a minute. Are you making this up? <laughs> I'm not making it up. Y'all are Googling it furiously. I'm not joking. No, it's, it is real. I've- Shinji Ikari Raising Project, Volume 1. Yep. It's a manga, baby. Interest. Read for a long time. Yeah. Also, on top of that, like not to get too far off topic, I found out that there's like official... 
if we're, when we're talking about Evangelion games, there's like officially licensed like Evangelion girlfriend simulator games mm-hmm. that I was kind of uh, disturbed by. Like they're not fan yeah. made; they're official. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you were disturbed by it after you played it for six hours. Oh man, it's gripping, man! <laughs> like it sucks you in. <laughs> The only bright spot is later on they introduce a character in this show who is in those in, in those games as well as a, as a romanceable option, which is pretty fun. <laughs> um, so we we find out we get to see actually finally the effects of second impact on the world, and Japan is thrown into an eternal summer, which seems bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuyutsuki has to live on a fucking boat, and he's they call him professor, but he's also apparently a medical doctor because he's like has a practice here. His whole thing is nebulous. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. Weird stuff. Um, Did we talk about Yui dying? Nope. Nope. We're still talking about before that happens. Oh, okay. They go to the Antarctic to see what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this reminded me of of that scene from the uh, Gareth Edward Godzilla movie. Where it open where it opens up and uh, it's Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson like kind of yeah moving between the boats and like and all that area. I think it was also no, it wasn't in Antarctica. I think it was in Japan or something. It was somewhere, but it kind it kind of gave me that vibe a little bit. And so this is kind of obliquely mentioned in the show, but Yui is, has a Sele connection because her father is a Sele member. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part's not said, but it's that's I'm telling you all now, so you don't be confused. That's her. That's her connection, and there is an implication that Gendo only uh, uh, married her to have that connection, mm. and perhaps took her name to have that connection more strongly because he has his own ideas about things. Mm, okay. We find out that Katsuragi was a lone survivor of whatever happened in the in the Antarctic ten, uh, a couple of years before this. Second impact didn't talk, can't talk, which for is years. interesting. Pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Also, they talk about this massive spherical chamber in the ground, which in case y'all didn't see this, in the in this side, its code name is White Moon. Remember that as well. White Moon will become very relevant later on. We talk about the giant of light. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Adam, we saw that from the, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah. kind of like the outline of the light was kind of shaped like 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 an Ava as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he didn't look like that at the time. I'm sure he didn't look like a giant mech, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, still interesting. Like <laughs> Gendo's crazy ass saw that. It's like light bulb moment right there. And so Fuyuki kind of puts together the entire thing about how Sele caused the second impact. Like he figures it out and threatens to go public. Mm-hmm. And rather than just I don't know having him killed. Uh, Gendo takes him down and shows him the geofronts being built, and we find out that whole big cavern was not man-made. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was there, and there's identical. Yes. Well, there's an identical one in Antarctica. That apparently, they look the yep. same. Mm-hmm. Which that's an alarm. That's an alarm bell for me. You know. Yeah. We they're building the facility. We also we were introduced to Naoko Akagi, Ritsuko's mother. Mm. Yeah. And you know we she's she's out there she's building the magi she's she's doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, Risco, by the way, not blonde here. Yeah, yeah, for that for that one shot, she was yeah that caught me off guard. We see the head and spine of Unit Zero, the first Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a haunting fucking shot. Yeah, 
and people are uh, understandably concerned. Yeah, like, just like what we're doing? <laughs> just the just the the spinal column just hanging out of the robot head. It's just it's freaky. Uh, Yui makes the pitch to Fuyutsuki. Says, "Hey, do you want to help us make a new path for humanity future?" And I guess he says yes because we see later on that he's he's Gendo's right hand man. Um, Katsuragi and Ritsuko strike up a friendship because Katsuragi is the one person who doesn't treat uh, Ritsuko like she's royalty for her mom being this incredibly important scientist. So. Yeah, and now she talks. Mm-hmm. She won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> she talks all the time now. It's like she's making up for lost time. Yeah. She meets Kaji. Ritsuko has issues with men. Interesting. Mm. Uh, not only men, she says, I just can't imagine hanging out with someone who's so carefree. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's so high strung. Mm-hmm. Which is very funny. So I have a very important scene to talk about here with you boys. Let's do it. The scene where Yui and Fuyutsuki are talking with baby Shinji there. This whole scene, go back Watch it again at some point, because every line that is said here is incredibly important to this show. And there's a, a part where, Fuy- where Fuyutsuki is looking forward. She's talking behind him. He turns and looks while she's playing with Shinji in his stroller. And he focuses on two things, her thighs and her breasts. Because it's I'm not sure if y'all understand this or not, but Fuyutsuki had a thing for Yui. Mm. Yes. So just kind of understated a little bit in the show. A lot of folks didn't catch that the first time through is that. He had some. He had some things going on there. Oh, for sure. okay. All right. Some. Yeah. Things just clicked. Yeah. Yep. I understand now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this whole conversation is very interesting to me. It it, it talks a lot. You hear that Yui say loud again about uh, making paradise mm-hmm. with the world of survives. We see it repeated. Yeah. And yeah. So because she's she basically you know f- flash forward a little bit says she wants to basically she wants to show. Shinji, how bright the future is going to be, mm-hmm. and that's like she wants him to see the Avas because that's what that's what she thinks that's going to impart on the universe. And then she fucking dies. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. Right there. Just dead. Yep. No. Sorry, uh, guys. She disappears from oh, existence. Oh, you're you're right. She is phased yeah. out of reality. Yes. Hmm. And Naoko is loving this. She's having a great time now that now that Yui's gone. Mm-hmm. We hear, by the way, that the first time the name of Gehern, which is only said in this one episode, I'm pretty sure, because it's a very temporary thing, but it's kind of like a sister organization to Nerve mm-hmm. that that uh, Naoko is part of. Mm-hmm. So what's going on with Naoko, y'all? y'all? How about, how about that little revelation? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Once again, she had a thing for Gendo, which once again, how? Yeah. What am I, what is it that I can't see? Mm-hmm. Mm. We get our first appearance of Ray as a child. Yeah. And there's a great scene where Naoko says, your son, but then it's like, oh, it's a little girl, which some people have taken once again to be like, this is a trans allegory. Is that yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. instead of, but instead of Asuka this time, it's Ray. There's, there's a lot of people who have some, have read some themes in here. So I think, I think are appropriate in some ways. Especially, especially with Shinji and Ray, are you kidding me? After we learned last episode, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're just like, man, she looks so much like Yui. Hmm, interesting. And another thing, I don't know if we maybe you guys said that when I was gone, but one thing I did notice as soon as we see Yui is she's the spitting. Like Ray is her spitting image, like mm-hmm. almost too spitting of an image. If you yeah. just, if you look at their facial features, it's 
Yeah, something's going on there. Which makes events that happened previously in the show more uncomfortable now. In yes. my opinion, at least. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for referring to the the old uh, Ray Anami apartment scenes. Yeah, the old Ray Anami apartment scene. Yeah. And also just the last episode where he's fant- fantasizing about becoming one with uh with, with Ray Anami. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not it's not his fault. He doesn't know. It's a it's a, a Luke and Leia scenario. Yeah. But uh yeah, ten yeah. times more fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Oedipus, guys. It's Oedipus. Yeah. Come on. It's almost yeah. as uh yeah, it's almost as fucked up as uh Nyoko uh having a sexual relationship with Gendo, because that's still, you know, like what the fuck. Yeah. I, when I first saw them embrace, like I think that got like a visceral reaction out of me. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> like, I genuinely I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we see that uh, that now Co finishes the Magi, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Ray shows up, and Ray calls her an old hag. <laughs> And says that is Gendo's words. It's incredibly funny because she's like, she's just like, oh, can I help you get back to your, um, to your dad? And she's like, I don't need your help, you old hag. <laughs> it's like, okay, first of all, so aggressive. Yeah. Um, and she's, just, and then she's just like, yeah, whatever, old hag. Just says it so much. And she's like, I'm going to tell your dad. She's like, don't worry. He's the one that told me this. Yeah. That's what he calls you. Like goddamn Gendo, mm-hmm. and this this that leads to, in my opinion, one of if not the most shocking images that we've seen in the show thus far. Yes, was uh, like w- once again, like the reveal of uh, Nyoko and uh, uh, Gendo earlier. This got a verbal reaction out of me. I literally went, "What the fuck." Because, like, I, I knew things were going to get weird, but I was not expecting to see a depiction of a grown woman strangling a child to death. Because that yeah. is what happens here. She snaps, basically strangles her, breaks her neck, and says, you are nothing. And, like, upon realizing what she has done, you don't see it happen, but you see the aftermath. She basically jumped from where she was to her death. And... That this is where the the energy of the show has now shifted. It is the, it, everything is different now. I feel like. Yeah, I thought she shot herself. I thought the blood blood spatter being near the head kind of implied that, but she could have fallen and hit in her head. That's possible too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Regardless, it was disturbing to see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's even crazier because you know we all grew up watching a adult strangle a child on TV. <laughs> But it was it was always so funny when they did it on The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> something was a little different about seeing it in Evangelion. Yeah, that, that made shit. it made it truly disturbing. Yeah, if Naoko would have just went, "Why you?" and then yeah. and then and, and then, then Ray just go, eh, eh, eh. yeah, and then when she shot herself with a jump, she just says, "No," that'd be you know that make make a little more sense. But in that scene, she tells she tells Ray, "There's plenty of replacements for you," mm. which applies to her as well. It turns out, yeah, because uh, uh, Rizko steps into her role pretty easily. Gahern gets dissolved, so as soon as we found out about it, it's gone. Yep, and everybody went over, came and went. It's a nerve. And so at this point, we go back to the present. Katsuragi gets released because Kaji um, has been has been uh, caught and killed. Mm. 
Yep. So what he said in the last episode about being the first and last gift was uh, him calling a shot. Yeah. But we don't know who killed him as a thing. That's we true. don't see who pulled the trigger. Yeah. And what's interesting is they showed Katsuraki being released first before uh, we see mm-hmm. uh, before we see him get shot. Or well, we don't actually yep. see him. You hear him. He's like, what took you so long? Yep. And so she goes home. Shinji being Shinji that's listening to fucking this whole episode, by the way, we ain't seen not one bit of Shinji. Nope. Motherfucker gets pooped back into existence by an Ava and he's <laughs> yeah. at home listening to his fucking headphones. Yeah, this again. is his best episode so far as far as mental health. He just <laughs> gets, he, t- he got to take this one off. Yeah. <laughs> he got a mental health day. For yeah. This one. So you've been through a lot. You take the back seat. We'll we'll do some flashbacks in this one. You can rest. Until the very end, when she comes home and she turns on the goddamn answering machine. Guys, it came back, the answering machine. Yeah. It always comes back. Mm-hmm. And Kaji tells her about his houseplants. And then, uh, I mean, she, starts, she, break, she breaks down. Mm-hmm. She just has a fucking full-on breakdown. Yeah. Right yeah. then and there. And one thing I think I wanted to note from this scene is when she's crying on the table, is that her arms end up like this, crossed. Yeah. In a position like this, which is not a thing you would normally do. It makes sense for a person grieving to do this in a way, mm-hmm. but I think it was very intentional imagery yeah. Yeah. Uh, on their part. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the that And it just, it just fucking ends there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with like yeah. Shinji like walking out, seeing her, and instead of, you know, like maybe trying to comfort her like any human would do, he just goes back to bed and he just covers his ears up and he's like, there's nothing I can do. It's like, maybe not, you know, but just a little like, you know, just be in there for the poor woman, you know, but then again, he probably doesn't know what happened, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Just be there. <laughs> yeah. Shinji's famously good at reading the room. Oh, so yeah, of course. he really should have caught up, caught up on this one. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine getting consoled by Shinji Akari? <laughs> They're there. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the episode of, I hate to bring the show up, the big bang theory where Sheldon has to like, try to comfort Penny. And he's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I remember that one. They're there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Similar scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 45 seconds, you'd be having to take care of him again. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because uh, his pep talk would be so depressing, you'd have to give him, you'd have to give him <laughs> one. He'd <laughs> get, get caught in a self-depreciation <laughs> loop. It's, yes. like, it's like, if only I could have been there to do something about this, nothing would have happened. Yeah. I'm so stupid and useless. And yeah. If, if only they killed me instead. Yeah, well, yeah, they should have killed me. Or he'd be like, Misato, listen, it's going to be okay because one day you're going to die too. Exactly. <laughs> so I'll be over. He's like, I'm just looking. I'm just, li- I'm living for that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that day can't come sooner. And now you're taking him to the fucking therapist and it's a whole shit. It's a whole thing. Where's the therapist in this show, guys? Yeah. <laughs> this is before people took mental health very seriously. Yeah. I, here's the thing that happens. They quit. They were like, hey, they showed up. They did three days. Nerve was like, I, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's too much baggage here. <laughs> yeah. I, there's I, nothing could prepare me for this. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. This is going to be an incredibly deep pull. Do y'all remember Casper the Friendly Ghost? Yes. The live action movie. Yes. Remember the scene where they try to call, they call in the literal actual Ghostbusters yeah. and Dan Aykroyd comes out and is like, who are you going to call? Somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the nerve psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Can't do that one. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, so that's it. Yeah. Right? That's the, the we are episode. we're in the final stretch. We've got five episodes remaining, so we'll do three next week. Two the, the two will be a an interesting conversation, uh, because they are it, it you know, they're interesting. Um and then we, yeah, we'll we'll have we'll finish the the fir- the original run of Evangelion before we move into everything else. And I'm excited. Because these last these last five episodes are truly like wackadoo. I love it. Yeah, the final episodes of this show are the most controversial episodes in all of anime. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm. There's only one. There's only one show that I can remember since then that has been as, 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 not not nearly as controversial. But it's called School Days, and the way that show ended was so shocking and out of completely fucking nowhere that people did not know it was real at first. They thought it was a fucking joke or they had been something fucked up had been done. Cause it has a truly fucked up ending to that show. That and they started, comes out of they started holding school at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's spelled school days with a Z just so you know. Mm. Oh, okay. So Ben, it's time for the temperature. Yep. Check. I'm loving this. This is this yeah. is this is the good shit. This is this is this is what I've been waiting for. Like <laughs> we're, we're we're getting weird. We're getting weird. We're getting dark. We're getting existential. Just th- this is this is what I've been. I mean, we've gotten bits and pieces of that from here on out. But I feel like now we've hit that turning point. Now it's going to be nothing but this. There's no way you can really go back to you know having episodes open up with the with the with the happy music. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and Katsuragi just like down in a beer. There's no going back from this, and yeah. uh, I'm really excited to see where this takes us, and then to like actually get to the freaking movie afterwards as well. That's the end of Evangelion. Honestly, is probably what I'm the most excited for because if you go and look on Letterboxd, if you look at the top 250 narrative films, it's in the top 100, and it I'm is. like. And I'm like, I, I got to see this. I, I need to see this. So I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's you're, yeah, it's going to knock your socks off. I do, I've never thought about the show this way, but I do love that Ben has put the show in a pre-Ray Ayanami as a child getting choked yeah. and post that moment. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a, that is one good way to cut the show um, into two pieces. Mm-hmm. There's a similar moment that happens with Asuka um, that we will get to at a certain point, which is very interesting. And I think is the basis for a scene, or in fact, an entire character in a book I love called uh, Gideon the Ninth. Um, I think that's actually the basis for an entire character. So we'll get there, hopefully. Um, But yeah, we're we're in the home stretch, baby. Mm. We're about to see this shit go down. Mm. Heck yeah, guys. All right, well... This has been the Illennials Podcast. I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me um, or find the stuff that I write on instinct-chatter.io. And I'm Ben. You can follow follow me on uh, almost any social media platform at TheBenPowell. Follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TheBenPowell. Started streaming up uh, almost at Breath of the Wild, uh, Tears of the Kingdom recently. Uh, there probably won't be any streams this week because I'm going away on a work conference for a few days. But uh, I plan to come back before next week. So, yeah. Nice. 
plans to come back. He might, he might stay there. Never know. Yeah. Who knows? Something may happen. May meet somebody. My life could change. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, no. Might not have any Ben on these episodes anymore. <laughs> not. Yeah. Ben. Ben. Ben meets an aging uh, bank robber, and the two of them pull one last heist. We never see Ben again. He's living in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, with his millions. Michael Caine goes out to dinner one day and he sees me sitting across uh, across. And he's the like, table. "What the fuck? <laughs> this guy's supposed this to is be the exact dead. guy." Yeah. <laughs> I buried you. <laughs> I buried you with oh, a tangerine. <laughs> you know what? I missed that. I thought you were saying Michael Caine was the bank robber. He's going to see you and be like, this guy, I got to get oh, him no. on the team. No, 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 no. That'd be we're even better. Dark Knight Rises. Gotcha. That'd be okay. even better. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Or Seth, Seth ages into Michael Caine and sees you one day in a restaurant. And is <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> as Seth will do. I exactly. Assume. And I'm like, this crazy bastard, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. All right. Well, All right. Um, you can lead an Ava to the LCL, but you cannot make it dissolve into it. Whoa! Fuck Gaharin. <laughs> um, we have stopped trying to stop the third impact and are trying to survive the second one. <laughs> from all the way from the Geo Front to the Surface Tokyo Three. This has been this podcast, baby. We're out. Bye. Out.